0: 50-Foe, PTC cast episode 50 foe. Today, Chris and I are going to talk about six-pack abs and building a core routine for yourself. Uh, and then at the end, we answer a question about volume training. Mm-hmm. That was the most hype intro ever, wasn't it? Super <laughs>
1: hype. Not monotona at <laughs> Today's all.
0: Today's episode <laughs> is brought to you by progress through change.com where you can get your four easy habits for fat loss guide. Uh, we also have a... New Year's deal running that might still be live by the time you hear this podcast. I'm not sure. It depends on how many signups we have. But <laughs> you might as well go check it out. It'll be the first link in the description below. Um, we hope you enjoy the show, man. Core stability. Yeah, man. Um, so core stability, abs. Man, I got a lot to say about this one, but I would I, I would like to start with, when we talk about core... It's hard because there's no real definition as to what a core is, mm. like a like a true definition. So some people define it as like what stabilizes your spine, your hips, your your scapula, even what stabilizes the things that need to be stabilized. Um, some people consider it like basically just all of your torso musculature and some of your hips. I mean, there's it, it's kind of hard to put like a general stance to core. So I would like to say whenever I say core today, I'm mainly referring to what will build you a strong, stable, healthy, we'll call midsection. Okay. So core, I'm basically talking like, if we want to get specific on muscles, I'm talking like beneath your pecs, maybe down to your hips. Maybe we'll talk about glutes a little bit. Maybe we'll talk about hip flexors a little bit, but for the most part, we're talking about like abs, uh, obliques, uh, everything around your lower back, all of these things. So core again is kind of like a general shotgun shot but we will talk about like six pack abs as well. So like what yeah, what everybody six-pack wants short-cuts. in the mirror. Right? No. <laughs> yeah. with the, the specific thing that everybody wants in the mirror when you lift up your shirt, which is mm-hmm. which is part of it, but truthfully when we are talking about just the six pack abs, they're not one of the huge or, or the biggest key players when it comes to like a strong core. Mm-hmm. So even though you can consider some of the training similar, some of the musculature similar and I think it's important you train an entire Core routine, you would still want to hypertrophy your abs separately, your six pack abs. If yeah, that makes sense, it does. So I guess to to oversimplify or to try to explain kind of where I'm coming from, when we're talking about core, it's going to be more in relation to like everyday real life rotational. How do you feel? You know, can you bend up and down? Can you pick up things in your day to day life? Can you? you know, lean one way, roll one way without pulling something in your lower back, that kind of thing. Mm. But then when we're talking about abs, we're talking about you pick your shirt up, boom, you see your six pack. We're talking about aesthetics. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I would kind of like to, to start with the preface of that. And so, um, what are your, some of your favorite core exercises that come to mind? Cause I would like to start there and then mm. maybe we can build upon it.
1: Um, so when it comes to the aesthetics for core, when I, could see my abs yeah. so let's <laughs> before talk about my six powerlifting pack abs, career. Yep. Not necessarily six core, pack but six-pack abs. Yeah, if we yeah. want to start there. Yeah, my my favorite was uh, V-ups. Okay. Yeah, those were my favorite. And then... So you're laying on the
0: ground on your back, arms up, legs up, reaching them for the sky.
1: Yep, just... <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, and I, I would do that in wrestling. And I think I also did... But I think that's part of the stability exercises, like planks. Mm-hmm. Um, yep,
0: that would be more over in the course, actually, Yeah, right?
1: And then after... Aside from those, you know, when I started powerlifting, most of my core exercises were actually compound movements mm-hmm. like squats and deadlifts. Sure. Um, either beltless or, honestly, with a belt, sure. I would still feel them. So I didn't. I haven't done much, you know, core outside of those. Things. Okay, I got you. Just okay. because, honestly, I don't know how. Okay, you know? I
0: got you. Well, we'll start with the, the six-pack aesthetic abs since that was kind of where you started with the V-ups. Um, mm-hmm. So you said V-ups, and I'm going to kind of rattle off some other you know, common ones, maybe, uh, crunches, um, a reverse crunch where you're lifting your hips up. Um, sometimes you'll have people do like knee raises and leg raises. And although those are going to be a little bit more hip flexor dominant, if you are tucking your hips at the end, you can get a little bit of six pack abs as well. But point being there, when we're talking about six pack abs, man, we're talking about one specific anatomical function, which is spinal flexion, or pulling your collarbone closer to your hip bones, taking your spine from straight To rounding it in a little bit okay that can happen from your upper spine towards your lower spine or from your lower spine towards your upper spine Mm -hmm. so for example um a crunch would be your lower spine stays where it is your lower back's on the ground and you're reaching your shoulders up right Mm -hmm. so we're crunching in from we're pulling your thoracic or your upper spine towards your lower spine a reverse crunch you know what that is where you're like lifting your hips up yeah so that would be the opposite right the upper spine is planted and then we're picking up that lower spine flexing it towards, so we're flexing the spine either this way, or well, I guess my hand doesn't do that, but <laughs> if this is your whole spine, right, we're flexing your spine either this way or this way, but it's okay. the same thing, right? Yeah. It's a muscle contraction just from, uh, uh, we'll say loaded or, or, or started from a different position, however you want to address that. So point there being, um, when we're talking about your six pack abs, they do spinal flexion. So you want to be looking at spinal flexion exercises. Reason I want to bring that up is you brought up planks. Yes. Now, hypothetically, yeah, your abs or your six pack abs are working there a little bit, mm-hmm. but that's going to be more of a true core exercise in that it's just a static contraction. Um, another real common one that isn't quite necessarily six pack abs is sit ups. So if you think of a sit up from the side, you're laying all the way down, your feet are planted, right? Then you sit all the way up. Mm-hmm. some motion happens at your spine. The majority of the motion happens at your hips. Yes. So again, we're on audio, but imagine you're looking, you're watching someone do sit-ups from the side. Feet are on the ground. They're laying down on their back. When their feet are on the ground, their hips are, Oh, I don't know. Roughly. They're roughly like a 90 degree angle, right? Okay. Give or take mm-hmm. as they sit up and sit all the way up. And just for conversation's sake, that gap closes, right? It mm-hmm. goes from 90 to zero. That's 90 degrees of hip movement. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have anything to do with your six pack abs. So point there being sit-ups might not be your best pick. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, this is where some of this core six-pack gets a little bit misconstrued. And again, it is important that you train your core. We're just addressing the six-pack first. I just feel like that's kind of a, a, it's important because sometimes when we look at exercises, we just take this shotgun approach and we're just like, um, maybe even wider than a shotgun approach. We're just like, I'm going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at it. You know what I mean? So that's my
1: that's my approach. Right.
0: So a lot of the times someone might be specifically wanting to work on their six pack abs. They could go Mm -hmm. through an entire ab workout and kind of hit their six pack abs. But, you know, that would be like saying they hit their biceps after doing bench press. You know what I mean? It's it's like, sure, it's an assisted muscle that's working a little bit somehow, depending Mm -hmm. on what you're doing. But we could be more specific. We could be more targeted. We could get you what you want to get. So um some of my staple exercises when it comes to six pack abs for beginners, if we kind of just wanted to start, it's just gonna be a plain old crunch, man. Okay. So the difference between a crunch and a sit-up. That's is, what I was gonna ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Awesome. <laughs> in your mind, sweet. Um so difference between a crunch and a sit up. Again, let's take that same exact example we had. Imagine someone's about to do a sit-up, like they're on their side, right? you're watching them from their side, mm-hmm. excuse me. Feet are planted, they're laying down on the ground you do a sit-up, that person sits all the way upright. Their spine comes all the way off the ground. Their spine is almost totally upright. With a crunch, your lower back stays planted the whole time. So only the spine flexion happens. It's a okay. much smaller movement. It's a much smaller movement, but it's a movement that's just going to be dedicated to the six-pack abs, right? Mm-hmm. So crunches are typically where I like to start. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So a crunch is a much smaller movement. So a lot of the times with a crunch, the best way I like to coach it is you're laying down on your back, your feet are planted. You want to push your lower back down and you only want to crunch as far up as you can keep your lower back pressed down. So sometimes when we come to crunches, I don't even say up, I think in, right? Mm-hmm. We want to try to get your collarbone as close to your hip bones as we can.
1: That you makes always, more, that makes more sense than mm-hmm. saying
0: up. Yeah. A hundred percent. And while I'm sitting here talking about cueing too, when it comes to abs or six back abs specifically, you always want to be exhaling on the contraction, pushing that air out. So with a crunch, you Have that lower back push down nice and flat. You'd round that collarbone up towards the hip bone, blow all your air out. Try to pull your belly button into your spine. You'll feel those abs tighten up. Okay. So crunches are a pretty simple place to start. And um, the reason I like to start there is they're minimal equipment. Most people can start with them. um, And they're easy to progress, whether you want to add a small weight to your collarbone or you want to put a small weight in your hands and reach to the sky. You could put them on a slight decline to challenge gravity a little bit more. You can mm-hmm. pause in the top position and hold. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do for online clients, just to make sure they're really nailing that contraction. Is it's holding? Yeah, it probably drives oh, them yeah. nuts. But with crunches, we'll literally do a five-second hold and exhale on every rep. So every rep, you come up, exhale, and hold for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. And the whole point being, man, like you want to feel that sucker. You know, My yeah. goal, it's not like a bench press. We're not trying to put 200 pounds of pressure on your abs, man. We're just trying to get those suckers to fire and contract hard.
1: What's a good rep range for the crunches? Oh, that's a good question, man.
0: Um, Crunches are an interesting one because I, uh, well, when we say crunches, we'll just say, I'll I'll say six pack abs in general.
1: Okay. Wait. So whenever you are doing the six pack abs, do you want to hit the top and the bottom?
0: In my opinion, you want to have an exercise, yes, where you're flexing from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top. Okay. Now, technically speaking, both of those exercises are spinal flexion. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you had someone who just wanted to do one exercise for their core or for their six pack abs, you could pick one or the other. But yeah, for sake of conversation, I would like to have someone do both. So usually that's going to be some kind of crunch and some kind of reverse crunch or leg raise or something of the sort. Okay. Um but okay, so as as to to run it back and go rep ranges, usually with crunches, I like to start with 5 10 or 15 reps and really just focus on quality over everything. Mm-hmm. The silliest thing, well, I shouldn't say the silliest thing cuz you see it with with most muscles and most exercises and most people just training is is trying to just pound out reps just for the sake of reps. So, you know, people do be like, I'm going to do You know, five hundred crunches every day, and then they're just like this back and forth, fucking bouncing all over the place. Not really even feeling anything. Yeah, and it's (laughs) like, look, man, maybe you did one real crunch, you know. Mm -hmm. But, anyways, point there being, like as always, it's going to be a quality over a quantity thing. Um, And I would encourage you to use the least amount of reps you need. Okay. So if you can go five reps with a three or five second exhale and hold at the top and you can light those abs up, let's start there and then maybe build on it later.
1: And that's for the sake Um, of progression, right?
0: Well, that's for the sake of being sure you're doing them right. Oh, and then progressing them later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So usually with most people, we'll start like 10 to 15 reps and then maybe we'll work up to 20 or 25. And then at that point I might go into a harder variation. Maybe we'll go into a decline. Maybe we'll add a little bit of weight. Uh, Maybe we'll increase that hold at the top. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, So that would be kind of the rep ranges there for for crunches. And, again, it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, you you would like to be progressing them in that you're adding reps, you're making it more challenging, you're pausing in the top position, you're doing more sets, you know, things like that. But it's not necessarily going to be as linear as something like your deadlift or your squat where you can just slap on five pounds every time, right? Um, That's what I was
1: about to ask. (laughs) So whenever you're choosing or deciding how you want to, you know, progress with the – aesthetics for abs would you go for more reps or would you go for more weight or would you go for the things like the static holds well, like how do you a, progress I'm be those
0: a, i'm gonna be a picky asshole here when you said aesthetics of your abs now we have to talk about nutrition and oh, that's gonna okay, be a whole yeah. other but if we sit here and talk about training your abs that'll be different yeah so, training training okay repeat the question sorry
1: so whenever you're trying to progress with the training of your abs What's the best modality? Exactly. Should it be rep range? Should it be weight? Should Mm -hmm. it be, you know, the static holds? Mm -hmm. Again, so
0: assuming quality is standard, I usually go reps up until a point of maybe 20, 25. Okay. Um, some of my online clients will be up in the comments like, this fucker has me do 50 all the time. But <laughs> usually, um, yeah, no, usually we'll, we'll stick around 25 and then I'll try to go into a harder variation and work those reps back. Okay. So if we wanted to be really simple here, I'll give you an example. If we want to be real simple here, let's say you come to me, brand new beginner. Okay. Uh, we're going to do two sets of 15 on crunches, we're going to mm-hmm. nail those contractions. Next week, we're going to do two sets of 15 with a two second hold at the top. Okay. Next week, we'll do two sets of 20. Next week, we'll do two sets of 20 with a two-second hold at the top. Next week, we'll do two sets of 10 on the decline. So you see what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. you can manipulate these different variables if you're willing to pull back somewhere else. Okay. But as long as the general pro- progression is upward. Okay, got gotcha. So as far as what's best, I'm really going to go with whatever you prefer. For most people, that's going to be reps because I found with, with weight on ab exercises, first of all, we're... We're sitting here messing with spine flexion and extension, which I don't want to sit here and create fear or unnecessary fear around any exercises. But out of anything, it probably wouldn't be the smartest thing to be loading, right, mm-hmm. or to be um, loading significantly. I should say, you know, I, I don't, I, I will never put like a forty-five pound plate in someone's hand and have them do sit-ups or crunches. That, that'd yeah. be silly. If your trainer has you do that, you should probably fire them. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was rude.
1: But, um, you know, there's somebody out there doing that.
0: Sorry, man. I didn't mean to make that personal. It's not personal. (laughs) Um, but so anyways, point being there, usually weight is not my first pick. It's going to be either a harder exercise variation that is still Mm -hmm. body weight. Um, point being, it just makes more sense to me to be using your body weight in harder positions than to be using external load in smaller positions,
1: Okay, if that makes sense. So, so if, when you say in smaller positions, do you mean like uh, range? Correct, or? Okay. correct.
0: So like maybe a crunch versus a 30-degree decline crunch. Okay. Right. So in that 30-degree decline crunch, I have 30 more degrees of range to challenge my abs. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Whereas if I just do a flat crunch and I add 20 pounds to it, I'm still doing the same range. I just added 20 pounds. So to me, I I like improving ranges or I like challenging ranges a little bit more because that's going to translate a little bit more to real life and a little bit more to mobility. And that's going to open up even more exercise options later down the road. So for example, if I can take you... Um, let's say if I can take you from a uh, a reverse crunch, I could probably take you into a knee raise. Then I could probably take you into a leg raise, and then I could probably take you into a a, a hanging knee raise, and then a hanging leg raise. So does that make sense? It yeah, is like, extending to me, those. Yeah. Ranges. To me, to me, when it comes to core, well, core six pack abs exercises, I guess this is true for both. I I really prefer challenging the exercise variations. Um, and when
1: you think of the other like your other muscles too, biceps, pecs, all Mm -hmm. of that, um, increasing those range of motions, increasing the range of motion does get you more results too, right?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Like if you teach someone how to train their pec through a full range of motion compared to like their usual short range of motion, it's going to change. Yeah, if Mm -hmm. you teach someone how to you know, take their bicep curl from stopping halfway down to all the way down and all the way up their biceps are going to blow up, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's just a, that's maybe part of the quality argument as well. When we're sitting there talking about the specific exercise, but I truthfully mean like we're, we're progressing the exercises because there's bigger ranges and the exercise themselves are harder. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so typically I like to go with the exercise variation first. Um, well reps, holds exercise variations I would just say weight typically isn't my first pick um and and sets are an option as well I guess for me personally abs have always been one of those things to do a little bit of intensely frequently Mm -hmm. so instead of having someone do 10 subpar sets of abs I would rather them do you know one or two really hard sets Mm -hmm. every other day um instead of doing you know 10 weak sets once a week you know what I mean yeah um I think that's, that's most of what I have to say there as far as like the six pack abs goes. So if I were to just kind of sit here and rattle off some exercises, uh, one that you had said was V ups. Mm-hmm. So that's basically a crunch with your arms and your legs in the air. And that one's kind of cool. Cause if you get really good at them, you can actually lift from the upper spine and the lower spine at the same time. Right. If you can, yeah. lift, if you can reach your hips and your collarbone to the sky together. Um, so that's kind of a cool one. Um, if we were to start from upper spine to lower spine, really, man, I, I, prefer crunches for most people um mm-hmm. and you could do variations of that right you could do like a, a stability ball crunch you could do um, the decline crunch yeah you could do a decline crunch yeah you can do a weighted decline crunch you can you can really challenge that decline a lot more than people think i mean mm-hmm. you know there's decline benches out there that literally will give you like a solid you know 60 70 degree decline i mean if you can do a full crunch on that keeping your lower back planted and just tucking that that's uh excuse me just tucking your upper spine up nothing but six pack abs. I mean, you'll kill them, man. Oh yeah. Um, so, so I hate to sit here and be a simplest man, but to be honest, I, I don't, I don't really stray far from crunches as far as top to bottom goes. Yes. Um, bottom to top, we're usually going to go with a reverse crunch. Um, Oh, excuse me. Before I go there, one exercise that I'm really not a huge fan of just while we're here and sitting on it, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with them. I would just maybe say the way most people do them is cable crunches. Um, most, you know, like a rope cable crunch, people the put the rope yeah. It, people yeah. Put the rope behind their neck. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the problem with that sucker is usually people are going to be moving at the hips. Um, mm. usually people are going to be straining their neck. Usually people are going to be using like 200 pounds for zero reason. pulling Pool, <laughs> with everything yeah. else. Yeah. So yeah. I just felt like while we're here and we're talking on it, I need to say like cable crunches, man, maybe try something different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe try something different. Um, there's honestly some really good crunch machines out there though. Like so, uh, I'm, pack had one you know there, there's some some good different um like those, machines yeah. out there yeah that can just make it easy to keep that lower back planted but again you got to be sure that that movement's happening from the spine not mm-hmm. the hips um but going from from bottom to top i would say some sort of reverse crunch um now that might be something hard for a beginner to start with because lifting your hips and legs is a lot harder than just lifting you know your essentially your head and your neck and your shoulders yeah so there's some variations and ways you can start. You can try uh, hollow holds. Are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. So hollow hold, you're laying down on your back. You've got your legs out nice and straight. You want to push your lower back down hard into the ground. You straighten your legs out and see if you can just float your legs off the ground. Oh, so okay. the lower back is planted, but legs are floating. You're going to get some hip flexors as well, but this is basically like a, a small progression into actually lifting those hips up. Right. Mm. Um, and I know we're sitting here rattling off exercises. YouTube's going to be your best friend. We have a whole exercise library on, progressthroughchange.com as well that you can check out but um moving on from there
1: quick question actually yeah shoot so when it comes to training the lower abs i've always had the problem of my adductors taking over really um is that because i'm not pushing my lower back into the ground
0: yeah it's probably because you're moving from the hip somehow okay Yeah, yeah yeah you're probably moving from the hip somehow so um what exercise specifically comes to mind when you say that?
1: Uh, like leg raises off of the ground, like the 6-inch leg raises. Okay, so you know?
0: so honestly at that point like because you're someone who has squatted, deadlifted, yeah, lunged so much. Takes I over. mean, yeah, so mm-hmm. to me that it might just not be the right exercise for you. Um, now you Yeah. To be honest with you, I just think there's not really going to be a way you're going to get your hip flexors or your adductors out of something like that. Yeah. So to me, you should be just doing a reverse crunch or something where we're not even talking about that. So you might be a different example than than the beginner earlier, you know. Um, So we've got the reverse crunch. Um, I will say that's that's definitely a little bit more advanced and one that's harder to start with. Mm -hmm. So to me, there's nothing wrong with getting really good at all the crunch variations first and then introducing some of this later. Okay. Um, Oh, one thing I do want to clarify as well. Sorry. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place here to me. There is no isolating your upper or your lower abs. The reason we want to be training from each position is just to have healthy joints and healthy tendons and healthy ligaments. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to sit here and have people think that if they're doing reverse crunches, they're isolating their lower abs. Maybe you can make an argument that they're being biased, but I can't sit here and tell you, train your lower abs with this exercise. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, we've got the reverse crunches. Another good option can be knee raises or leg raises on like a captain's chair. You're familiar with that? Mm. So captain's chair, you've probably seen it in most gyms. It's the thing where you can sit up on it, drive your elbows down, puff your chest up, and then oh, you can swing yes. your legs. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So you uh, can... Dip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's the dip bar on it a lot. Yep. Um, but so you can do some knee raises on there. The biggest thing with that though, is to your point, you're going to get a lot of hip flexor and adductor helping you out and and playing a part, but you got to be sure that you're tucking those hips at the end. So flexing that spine at the end, right? Mm. you're trying to pick up those hip bones, get them closer to your collarbone, um, keeping your upper spine flat on that bench back pad. And then you can straighten out the legs, make it a little bit harder. Again, you can pause in the top position. Uh, you can hang from a bar to force your spine to have to stabilize a little bit harder. So there's some, some choices there. But as far as six-pack abs go, I tend to stay in a pretty small um, exercise pool. And the reason being is spinal flexion is just a pretty simple movement that I don't believe you need to get super fancy with loading, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So to me, a lot of uh, more of the fancy stuff um, comes around with true core training which I guess mm. we'll go into next unless you have any questions around the no. uh, six-pack abs or anything
1: we're golden for that man okay
0: okay where should we start with uh core stability what do you think
1: mm, I guess we can start with I guess my my experience with yeah. core stability yeah so as a power lifter uh first of all I never really prioritized training you know core stability and abs necessarily directly right, right. but um so, so what I did was just use compound movements like mm-hmm. uh, squats or deadlifts or variations of those, mm-hmm. um, either with a belt or belt um, off. Mm-hmm. And I just focused on, on the last episode we talked about uh, bracing. Yeah, and yeah, I just focused on bracing hard. And what I realized, or what happened, was my core stability, you know, just skyrocketed from that. And then mm-hmm. once I started training core stability for powerlifting. Mm-hmm. um i would do things like the dumbbell side bends or russian twists mm-hmm. while keeping my like body stable so i would just be moving like my arms your spine yep yeah exactly and you know i would do variations of that like on a decline um and then yeah just weighted planks so yeah, the, the, that's pretty much it okay, for my experience when I it comes would, to core stability. I ability. mean, and
0: I would consider that like a relatively not standard, but you know, something you would see a lot of people in the gym, you know, going about and doing. Yes. Um so I guess what I'll start with is kind of the way that I I like to think of it in my brain is um I like to have a hmm I like to base it around anti-rotation. Yes. So, for example, um, what is a standard exercise most people would know so let's say a plank. So when we do a plank, <clears throat> we are challenging our our core, we will say because we're holding that body weight statically in position, right Our body weight is stretched out we 're trying to keep our spine nice and neutral flat we're using that core stability to keep those things locked in there. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were to do a plank shoulder tap, familiar with that, where you just take one hand from the right side to the left, yep, and then you go to the other one, yeah, that's kind of a standard ab exercise you might see. Um, We have basically taken you from being in a four-point stance where we're just being challenged up and down Mm -hmm. by gravity, right? As soon as we take one hand off, now we have been challenged rotationally. So if you'll bear with me, pretend we're in a plank position. So I have my hands and my feet on the ground. I take my right hand up and I tap it to my left shoulder. So now only my left hand and my both of my feet are on the ground. My right shoulder wants to dip down. My mm-hmm. body wants to break down, right? Because that's a that's a weak spot. I still have all that weight up there on the right side where my hand should be, but it's gone. Mm-hmm. Now I have to use the rotational strength of my core to keep my spine nice, locked in, and mm-hmm. straight. I personally prefer training the core that way rather than... Now, you can actively train that rotation. There's nothing wrong with that. But I have always found that it helps to teach people how to keep their spine and core in the same position instead of moving the position. It's a skill. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. it can help you connect to the contraction. And I, I, I have personally just found that it's better for for day to day life stuff. Um, physical therapist I had worked for for a while strictly worked with static holds and core, so nothing was like movement oriented and i'm not sure i totally agree with that Mm. but i do think there is a ton of utility in static contractions and holds right so with a plank shoulder tap maybe you tap that right to the left you hold for two seconds rights down left up to the right two seconds left down right up to the left two seconds i've never done those yeah so you could give something like that That sounds like a really good idea Mm -hmm. yeah they're a they're a good one man um are you familiar with dead bugs
1: Uh, Yes, I did them when you were training me for for that bit.
0: Okay, perfect, that's right. So dead bugs, just to explain, you're laying down on your your back, got your arms and legs up in the air, and you reach your opposite arm and opposite leg up and out and reach them as far away from each other as you can. So we have both of our arms in the air, both of our legs in the air. I'm going to reach my right arm out and my left leg down and try to create as much length as I can. What happens is gravity wants to pull that right arm down and my left leg down, but I'm using core strength to... Rotate them up and keep my spine straight. Mm -hmm. So when I say anti rotation, we're fighting a force statically. Um, We are fighting rotation statically. So we're teaching your spine how to stay boom in one spot away from forces. Um, does that all kind of make sense or hopefully Mm -hmm. at least, uh, yeah, that's,
1: that's my idea. Yeah. uh, When it comes to core stability, Mm -hmm. I just haven't uh, done these exercises, I guess. Yeah.
0: So plank shoulder taps, dead bugs. Um, another important one as well. You had mentioned side bends in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the side bends just because most people will move at the hips and other joints. Yeah. You don't do that. Mm Yeah. But so one thing I do like to do as well is, um, a static hold of, um, spinal lateral flexion. So instead of having that spine bend to the side, we could just hold that dumbbell on one side, right? And just stand tall because that oblique is already, boom, working, just holding you there. Um, Something similar that I actually prefer by a long shot is going to be side planks. So with a side plank, you can start on your elbow and your knee, push those hips up, and now gravity's trying to push your hips down. But again, you're using core strength. Now we've got a little bit of the stuff around the scapula working, and we're keeping those hips picked up. Boom, core is locked, spine is straight keeping it from bending to the side. Mm -hmm. Um, So side planks, dumbbell side bends aren't aren't a bad one either.
1: If they're Um, done right. Yeah, if they're
0: done right. Again, my big thing with a lot of these core six-pack exercises, I'm always picky with exercises, but... Even more so here, just because again we're we're talking about your vertebra. We're talking about yeah things that I mean are made to move and do things. And again, I would never want to create fear around exercise, but you do need to respect what they are, what they're capable of, and what their true intention is. And sometimes that's not you know forty five pound plate side bends for twenty five reps each way.
1: Um, I used to do, like which we've all yeah hundred fifty pounds yeah
0: we've literally all do- oh Jesus yeah <laughs> which which we've literally all done man you know so mm. I, I, we've all done stuff like that. Um, we could also talk about, um, you know, your, your standard plank positions, but to be honest, if you are someone who's squatting or deadlifting, most of that base is going to be covered. Mm. So I, although I do have a lot of, um, again, anti-rotation and spinal lateral flexion or anti-spinal lateral flexion, uh, exercises in most of my clients' core routines, I don't have a ton of like standard planks or holds like that. Just Just because because it's already taken care of. Yeah, if you're doing squats or deadlifts the proper way, you're already bracing that contraction and using... You're basically already challenging that um, movement pattern, I guess we'll call Mm -hmm. it. So that's just not something I typically program as well. Um, So usually, if I were to kind of wrap this all up and put a bow on it, most of my clients are going to be doing some sort of... Spinal flexion exercise for that six pack abs. Mm -hmm. So that could be again, the crunch, the reverse trunk, the hanging leg raise, some sort of anti-rotation. So that could be our plank shoulder taps, our dead bugs. Um, you could look up pal off press. Um, there's a couple others out there that would work as well. Um, we have some sort of side plank variation. So on the elbows and the knees on the elbows and the feet or on the palm and the feet. Um, a dumbbell side plank, or excuse me, a dumbbell side bend, like you mm-hmm. had mentioned, or just even a static hold, right? Yeah. And you stand in a perfect posture and hold a 50-pound dumbbell at your side and keep that spine straight. Um, again, just standing, not bending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just standing. If you want to bend, maybe like a 10-pound dumbbell, 5-pound dumbbell. Yes, something 100%. Or you could even start with body weight, you know? Mm. Um, so we've got those. Hmm. You know, while, while we're here, we could also talk about just some extra... Um, Spine extension stuff, right? Are you familiar with Superman's? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So Superman's are yeah. So Superman's <laughs> are you're laying down on your uh, on your stomach, <coughs> arms out, legs out. Excuse you. Lot arms out. Excuse you. Bless excuse you. Sorry. <laughs> excuse you. Excuse you, bro. Excuse you, bro. Cough Get out of the house. I'm, no, cough there. While I'm podcasting here, bless you. Cough you. whatever. I'm just I'm acknowledging. <laughs> um, but so Superman's arms out, legs out. You're laying down flat, and then that's actually technically a hyper extension of the spine. Um, To be honest, I believe it is important to mention just because you do want to be training that musculature of your lower back. But again, if you are squatting and deadlifting properly, um, you're probably already training a lot of that musculature, and it might not need any direct emphasis or load.
1: Can you go... So I know that we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but can you go into... Why training something like squats or deadlifts yeah. is actually going to help yeah. you with your stability?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of hard to to say over audio. But for example, let's let's take that um, that side view that we were kind of talking about earlier with crunches and let's apply it to like a barbell squat. Mm. So we look at that person from the side and that barbell is on their back. They're standing up nice and tall. For sake of the conversation, the barbell always needs to be above their center of mass or their midfoot So they move gradually at the hip and the knee to make that happen Mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form, right? Some people, you know, fold all the way into the squat. Some people stay standing nice and upright. The farther that their hips and spine, excuse me, the farther that their hips move away from that center of mass or their midfoot or the more they bend into that squat, the harder the lower back has to also work to keep that spine straight. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is kind of a tough thing to grasp on audio only, but if we're looking at someone directly from the side, as they squat down, that barbell stays above their center of mass, so the barbell moves vertically down, but their knees move forward and their hips move back. Mm -hmm. If you have someone who's traditionally a low-bar squatter, their knees won't move too far forward, but their hips will move way far back because they fold into it, right? Well, even though the hips are moving so far back and we're using a lot of the glutes and hamstrings to move that load... We are using your lower back and core musculature to keep your spine straight underneath that load. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because your spine, I mean, some people's spine is almost horizontal to the ground when they're low bar squatting. So you're using that lower back ab musculature to keep your spine straight and rigid. So that way you can use your glutes, hamstrings, adductors, quads, and everything to push through the rest of that squat. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. So while you go through a squat, that's like a low bar, you are naturally already bracing that core musculature. Like in a, in, order sim- to maintain that position. in a very similar way that you would in in a plank or a um any other you know static hold exercise like that. I mean you you're bracing that core there. Um <clears throat> if you're someone who's a little bit of a high bar squatter, that might not be as relevant. Yeah. But if we're sitting here talking about deadlifts, we can make the same exact conversation piece or point, right? Mm-hmm. You take that side view, the barbell is the center of mass, and ideally we are right above the center of mass if you have someone who is a pretty stiff leg deadlifter, meaning their knee is nice and straight, their hips are up high, and they have to pull the majority of that bar with their glutes and hamstrings. Something has to be working to keep their spine straight, right? The glutes and hams aren't keeping your spine straight. They're moving the bar. Yeah, It's the stuff in your lower back and your abs that are keeping that spine straight. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So while you go through these movements, those things are already statically contracting. So that's just why I don't typically provide or I don't typically program anything extra around them Mm -hmm. because why would I have you do planks if you're already doing, you know, low bar squats. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my two cents there. I'm sure you could make an argument that there's still utility in doing those things. Mm -hmm. I just feel like we might be better off building your core strength um, and making it well-rounded focusing on our anti-rotation or anti-spinal lateral flexion or other things that aren't already being directly trained. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I, I think we should also talk about why the core stability is important because, you know, obviously everybody wants to... So you snap your back up, man. Come exactly. On. It's it's for, uh, you know, safety and mm-hmm. protection and...
0: Yeah, so, I mean, core stability is how you keep your vertebra, vertebra from bending and snapping all over the place, mm-hmm. man. I mean, your ability to keep your spine straight and exercise is imperative to be able to, to build muscle around, honestly. I wouldn't say you need to be able to, like, squat and deadlift, but you need to know how. Yeah. You need to know how to do those things eventually because if you want to build a significant amount of muscle, you have to be able to brace your spine. You have to be able to brace your hips. You have to be able to brace your scapula. Um, So, honestly, man, not only from a safety standpoint, but from an effectiveness standpoint, you know, we were just kind of making that example of the low bar squat how someone whose hips go way back, chest goes way forward, their spine really tips down into that mm. squat. It's fine, but that spine's got to stay straight, man. If that person doesn't have the strength to do that, that spine rounds and You're folding through. over. Yeah. yeah, and as soon as you're folding over, you could maybe you could still finish the squat, but if you started folded, folded over... You have to extend out.
1: And what's going to do that? Your spine. And so the problem
0: with that becomes you got 400 pounds on your back, 200 pounds on your back. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Mm -hmm. You're asking your small vertebra. I mean, they, they, again, I don't want to sit here and create. Uh, fear, fear around exercise, man. Yeah, but, but point being, these things are important for long term health and ability. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're they're made to be able to move a little bit. These things aren't a hundred percent locked in rigid. You're not going to snap in half if you know you round your back a little bit on a deadlift. You know, but if we were to sit here and talk about you know fifty years of squatting and deadlifting, man, you got to be able to nail that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. So that's something that I really encourage people to to take their time with and learn how to incorporate into their own programming.
1: Mm-hmm. And the transfer of power that comes from it mm-hmm. is insane. You well, know, you, that that translates to your squat, your bench, your deadlift. If your core is flimsy, yeah. you know, you're not going to be strong. Yeah. You're, uh, you're not going to be able to transfer that
0: power. Yeah, 100%. And you you think about it like.
1: My bad. Transfer of power, when I say that, I mean like um, being able to use your full body yeah, I see what in, you're in these movements.
0: No, I, I 100% see what you're saying because to use our low bar example if you could keep that spine straight now you can just let your glutes hamstrings and adductors move the weight man mm-hmm. you don't have to use your spine anymore you know what i mean mm-hmm. so and then once you don't have to use your spine anymore you can do it for much more efficiently for a longer time yeah and
1: you'll be able to lose use your leg muscles 100 way more
0: 100 percent. so you got anything else there nope all right man let's uh, knock out some questions yes sir Okay,
1: so I had this question from um, one of my clients and best friends, uh, Michael oh, Flores. Shout out to Michael. My, shout out to Michael. So he's getting really strong right now uh, in powerlifting, and one of the, he just competed, and you know we're doing a whole new training block right now, mm-hmm. and we're in the volume block. So Michael asks, "Hey, as a powerlifter, what's the point of doing all of this volume? Aren't I supposed to just keep the reps the reps low?" Mm. Um, so no, <laughs> so you're not you're not always supposed to keep the reps low. Um, depending on where you are in powerlifting, like obviously if you're having a competition, let's say you know eight weeks down mm-hmm. the road, then yeah, you want to make sure that you know you're probably not going to be doing more than five reps on the main lifts. Sure. Um, and then the accessories when maybe like when it's close to competition time. When it's close to competition time, but. Right now, since we're in the volume block, it's very important to increase that volume for two reasons. Let me talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) For two reasons. So the first reason is work capacity. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to powerlifting meets and uh, I've met powerlifters who are really hype, really excited. Their training went absolutely perfect. But... By the time they're done with their squats, they are completely gassed. Mm-hmm. They have no more in the tank. Mm-hmm. And so what happens? Maybe they'll get their first attempt on bench. If they're lucky, they'll get their second. And then they usually get their first attempt on deadlift. Mm-hmm. Just because they're completely gassed, they don't have the work capacity, um, and then their form starts breaking and down. It,
0: it seems. I'm sure it seems silly to some people too because it's like you got all day for nine attempts. But it's like, man, those are... <laughs> Those are all-out attempts. You're warming up the whole time. You have to think of like the the nervous system fatigue that just comes with it, the anxiety that comes with it. Like yeah. you need to be in a point where like you could go if you, you are beyond go. ready. Yeah. for every single yeah, attempt. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree.
1: So that's that's going to be the biggest reason um, when it comes to work capacity is making sure that you know your body is physically prepared right. uh, to perform on meat day, and not only on meat day, but the previous weeks following up to meat day meat right. day you know you want to make sure that your recovery is beyond or you, the way that your body is recovering that it's beyond um what it what, you, be. what it needs to yeah. be you know you need to be a machine and so yeah that's the first reason uh, the work capacity and the second reason is um Practicing form, yep. Skill so, acquisition, yes. Yeah, skill acquisition. So, I never believed in this <laughs> well, up telling until you, dude, the I'm very. Telling you. Yes,
0: this shit is unbelievably important.
1: It will immediately take your game to the ne- to multiple like skyrocket. Yeah, your experience level. Yeah, when it comes and you know what you can uh, perform. Um, I didn't start doing this until the very end of my powerlifting career, and so what you do in the uh volume block is not only are you doing the um high reps for work capacity but you're also doing it to dial in your form and that's the, just to make sure that you know you have enough practice you know exactly um, how you need to be moving in all of these movements and it's a good way to practice the routine yeah. um, of going into you know a squat bench or deadlift yeah. So one thing I
0: one thing I would like to say while we're sitting here talking about skill acquisition and practice, and this is more important for I would say like powerlifters specifically, but I actually I I try to apply it to like whatever exercise is important to my programming at the time. So if Mm -hmm. my if I'm trying to bring up my quads and I'm focused on front squats, I'm going to do this with front squats. But so what my thing is is like approach the bar the same way every time. So that's that's not just like you know your reps are the same. Like no, I'm talking. Like, like more specifically, like you walk to the bar the same way every time. Like if you, mm-hmm. let's say you're deadlifting and you're getting set up, well, you plant your right foot first, then your left foot, and then you put your left arm on and then your right. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. do it the same way every time, man. Like uh, allow yourself that repetition so you can build that confidence. Like if it feels the same way getting there, I, I promise you it's going to feel so much better.
1: Yeah. Oh, one of the things that took my powerlifting game to the next level was actually writing down that yeah, specific I routine. That, yeah. Yep. Cause what would happen before then is you know I would get really hype, mm-hmm. and even though I was strong enough for the weight, um, I'd do my routine completely different not, every you're single just time. Just not
0: as mentally prepared as you could be. Exactly, mm-hmm.
1: and then after you dial that in and you have an exact routine, then mm-hmm. yeah, there's no question whether you're going to get it or not.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna out Janet a little bit here. So Janet, one of my powerlifting clients, who um, she went and pulled three thirteen at her first powerlifting meet. Yep, sixty two years old, absolute animal. But you know, we had one day when we were prepping, and um, I believe it was like two twenty-five, and she was supposed to do uh, five. And we were on her first set. First set. It was a fi- yes. It was a five by five first set. We had warmed up, got to the five by five. She approached the bar, couldn't move it once. I was like, what the fuck? And so I think she I came remember off. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. She came off, and I was like. You know, we talked for a second and she's kind of been in her head a little bit that day and that's okay. You know, most people are to some sh- way, shape or form or extent, but I was like, no, we got to, just want you to approach it the same way you usually would, same exact way. So that's what's in your head, mind stance. And I mean, I, I will literally have people come off the platform and go back on. Yeah. So it's like, look, if, if I, if I fuck up and get excited and tell you something and break your focus or if somebody does something in the gym or, you know, what, if something just step off the plate, come off, go back. Mm-hmm. She went back and did all five sets of five perfectly. Couldn't, couldn't do the first one once because it, it's just a I'm, I'm telling you man there there is a there's a mental game especially when there's a component of I mean seriousness around the exercise right yeah. like if it's if it's like a significant enough load to make you uncomfortable or, or catch your attention you got to be sure you're you're set up in a position where you're gonna be as comfortable and confident as you can be mm-hmm. you
1: know what I mean I remember the first time that I hit 805 mm-hmm. that uh, as I was warming up, it was probably one of the worst warm ups that I ever had and I was, I was considering just you know completely it, yeah. stopping and well I was like okay what 's happening why Because like four or five was feeling yeah. really heavy I was like what 's happening?" And I realized i wasn 't doing my routine yep. and so I, was, I dropped it back down to three fifteen and so you,
0: so you warmed up to four or five, went back to three fifteen
1: yeah, I just went back to three fifteen and I did my routine exactly how i needed it to be it felt really freaking heavy Mm -hmm. but i was like let me just trust myself kept on going by the time i hit 585 everything started feeling light boom and next thing you know i hit a pr boom so that volume man the mental game man that's awesome yeah
0: yeah cool all right well we can wrap this one up there thank you all for listening about the ab core routine and about volume practicing your reps (laughs) yeah we'll see y'all in the next one thank you for listening